0: And welcome back to another episode of Civil Discord, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. Ah, you like that. You like that. Hey, got our new little so tagline. We'll make it work.
1: That means we're <laughs> professional now and we have a tagline.
0: <laughs> yes, we do. I am um, one of your hosts again, Maurice, and across from me via the 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 media, the technology uh, sources whatever you want to call it, to be able to talk to each other is Amanda out there in the People's Republic of California. How is it going out there?
1: It's lovely. It's a great day to be the Supreme Overlord of Liberty in the People's (laughs) Republic of California. I'll tell you, I mean, I'm holding down the fort by myself, but as the Supreme Overlord, you have to do what you have to do. Um, You know, they're starting to send out ballots for the recall of the Gavin with the good hair. And I think I touched on this last time we recorded, but the polls are really shifting uh, in favor of the recall. What remains to be seen is whether voting by mail will help him or hurt him. Um, But every time I see little ads on the YouTubes with Elizabeth Warren talking about here's the deal with the Republican recall of Gavin, you probably haven't seen those ads, but I see them all the time. I just keep thinking, you know, if I ever run for office, I will hire Elizabeth Warren to campaign for my opponent. Because everything she does, there's a retaliation against it. Like after she started stumping against the recall, the polls went up in favor of the recall. Same with the stuff that she does with Bitcoin. So I think it's a good strategy. Definitely. Uh, how is how is your quorumless uh, quorumless legislature?
0: Oh, this is epic. It's so we're now on day 39 and I know I haven't updated people in a while, Um, but yes, the, the full house of the, of the Democrats have not returned. There are still a few, some of them have come in, but there are a lot of stragglers that are refusing to come in. And uh, it's, it's, it's interesting the verbiage that they continue to use. But so my representative, Cody Thane, Vasut or whatnot. He's actually a pretty cool dude. Um, I've met him and, and, uh, and he's, he's as close to a libertarian Republican as, as I think you're going to get there. There are a lot of things that I don't agree with him on, but let me rephrase. There are not a lot of things. Um, I would say there are, he's about 85% of the way there. Um, He's he's not as far along as a Rand Paul, But he's further along than Ted Cruz. So if that if if that kind of gives you a spectrum as to where he is. But so he goes day 39 without a quorum. I'm pleased to see this afternoon that the Supreme Court of Texas eviscerated legal arguments made over past 10 days by absent Texas Democrats that could that could not be arrested and returned to that to the House to their duty. The Texas Constitution allows the House to compel the, a- the the attendance of absence members of absent members by arrest. Wow. Um, absent Democrats tried to argue the word compel only means strongly persuade.
1: Oh, my goodness. The gracious. Supreme
0: Court. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The Supreme Court called nonsense. Attendance can only be truly compelled by physical custody and restraints. I hope my absent Democratic colleagues can come back to the House tomorrow willingly and save the sergeant's office the hassle. But if not, then the sergeant at arms now has all the unchallenged legal authority he needs to bring them back by force. Either way, let's get back to work. I feel like that's that's a a very good way to put it. Um, So these people, if they don't show up tomorrow, they're going to be arrested and physically restrained and brought into the House so they can do their job i mean i w- without getting too deep into it imagine you wanting you saying you know what i don't want to go to work and your boss is like no you have to come to work or you're going to get fired and they can't fire them so they have to go to work and you're like oh well, i'm representing the people but you're not doing your job so that so they say you know what? we're going to physically make you do your job i i if if it's if it's got to do something i'm all for it like if if you're if you even though you are stalling the government, which I think is one of the greatest things, but you were you're keeping them from actually doing some good things within within the state of Texas, got some issues with that. Like didn't nobody vote you in there to suck the taxpayers' money and sit on your butts all day. I got issues with that. So exactly. but that's what's happening here in Texas.
1: Well, and that's the important thing, too, is this is costing the taxpayers money. The taxpayers are paying for all the travel expenses. That's, that's number right. one. Number two is that, as we've discussed, the, the bill that they are protesting, it really does not sound like it is a voter restriction bill. There are certain, in fact, there are certain uh, uh, parameters of that bill. There are certain stipulations that are expanding voting.
0: Right, uh, exactly.
1: So that doesn't seem to make much sense to me.
0: But it's all good. No, I mean, it's whenever they show up, when they go and arrest them, which is inevitably inevitably what's going to happen. And I feel like they're going to try to get publicity for that. Um, They're going to try to spend it to say, this is what we're doing for your right to vote. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to look at them and say, you're stupid and you're wasting the taxpayers money. Even though in the state of Texas, they are actually only in session of the four years they are or of the of the of the two years that they are elected they're only in session one of the two years or whatnot. So it's it's not that they are not in session for full two years. I don't know how other states are but in Texas it is they're it's not a full term. So I and I'm okay with that. Sounds good to me. So but um Amanda and I were talking about um some things that were happening um over over this past week or so and I told her I was like you know I don't know anything that's going on. I literally don't cuz for the past 3 weeks now I have done a removal of myself from all media. Like every aspect of it. I'm talking podcast, I'm talking news, I'm anything and everything. However you get your media, if I'm on if I'm on social media and I see anything that's news related, I skip it. Like mm. I'm like I'm just here so I can relax. And not deal with anything i didn't troll anybody on facebook didn't troll anybody on instagram which is which is normal for me to do you know i ask the the leading and questions to um to get people to to find their logical conclusions and and see how when they don't take it that or when they take it that far to how their 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 ideas are it are idiotic but um so when when we were discussing that i was like you know what like I don't know what we're going to talk about. Cause I really, I mean, honestly, I know stuff is happening in other parts of the world. That's only, that's only, and the, the only reason why I know like details, details of it is because of a text thread that I'm in with my family. Like, that's mm. it, that's it, you know? And so, it, but I can say, um, it has been very refreshing. It has been very, um, I won't say eye opening because it's not like I was drained with all the media stuff, but there are times where you just have to, you know what? Say, let me, let me take a step back and just relax. Let me remove myself from current situations. Now I did pick a, a, a great three weeks to remove myself from media because there was a lot of stuff happening a lot. Um, But I will say that, that these past few weeks have actually been very relaxing um, uh, they've allowed me to kind of focus on other things in my life that that produce a lot of fruit for me moving forward where whether it's with work or with my family or with friends and so forth so if you feel like you you are having a lot of things that are weighing on you that life is so stressful, take a break from whatever people are telling you to to focus on, which is media stuff so whether it's covid whether it's wars overseas whether it's um recall elections, or whether it's you know house House Democrats not showing up for work, you can remove yourself from these situations because the world is still going to turn and life is still going to go on, and you will be okay. I, I think, assure you will probably be better off
1: I think it's important too because I'm one of those people who i I do feel compelled to to stay updated and stay into current events. I find it stimulating, but it only if I am attuned to the story itself and not all the commentary and fallout. So exactly. for me, scrolling through Twitter can be draining if I'm following a story and if I'm doing research and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what, what's, what are the data on a certain story or, you know, let me see if I can find footage of something, uh, and and when I'm or I'm watching briefings or something, which can be very very frustrating, but it gives you more of a solid account of what's going on rather than people just firing off pithy little missives. And if I do right. find if I do follow commentary, which I enjoy doing, I try to follow longer form commentary that's thought provoking, exactly, um, and and then developing my own. So I. I think that's also critical is is when I've when I've gone on various media fasts, it's been a lot of social media fasts. Again, the the shorter and the pithier is usually uh, brevity is the soul of shit sometimes. So (laughs) I will say that.
0: I hear you. So if you guys need to take a break, it is okay to do so. Um, We are we do we do that often. I know I do that often from from specific things. So just be mindful of that when you're going through life that um although I do get some some mind stimulating things from 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 the news in the sense of how I consume it, not necessarily. I don't like I don't I don't watch the whole CNNs and the Foxes of the world and it's like I don't consume that sort of um media as far as corporate media, but I do listen to political podcast about different things and and th- they go into depth about a lot of things so that's where i get a lot of my information from and articles and so forth which is fine but it's okay to take a step back to relax to remove yourself from that because again like i said the world will go on and you will be fine you'll be better or worse for it but you will thank yourself for it in the end i assure you. but now that I don't want to say my media fast is over, but now that all this new stuff is over and I know I missed a lot of things, but there's one thing I have not missed because like I said before, it has popped up in a family thread. Uh, Afghanistan. I mean, it is an entire just, uh, what's the word? I mean, I don't, I don't say a whole lot. I I don't cuss and I refrain from using it, but it is a, go ahead.
1: The technical term I think is clusterfuck.
0: Yep. That's about it. That's exactly what it is. I mean, I, so how I found out about everything, just going into a little story, my, my, my older sister sends a text in our, in our, in our family thread and says, how have we not talked about Afghanistan? And I'm like, I mean, I heard, you know, troops were being pulled out and so forth. And, and that, that has been a, a little kerfuffle going on over there and whatnot, but, I didn't go into depth to depth about it because I I have my thoughts on it. And regardless of what's happening, I assure you, my thoughts are not going to change as far as what what we should be doing. But um, then she started sending videos and she started sending photos of what is actually happening. And so correct me if I'm wrong. So the U.S. decided to withdraw troops and. Again, I didn't look too deeply into it, but I was told that there were, what, 300,000 plus, 300, plus troops in Afghanistan, somewhere along those lines? Now,
1: there there have been. There haven't been for many, many years, though. There okay, have, there have okay. been a small number of troops recently. Okay.
0: I'm like, that's a lot of troops. I'm like, I can't believe. Because when she said, I was like, I don't believe we still have that many troops over there. If we do, that's a bigger issue. Like, let's be real. Ain't no point in us having that many troops over there. But... um. Since these troops have been drawn out, I would they left when was it? Like Sunday, <laughs> or so it or was, was two weeks before. It was supposed
1: know. to be. Um, it was. It was supposed to be a, a slow drip, but then picking up in pace, right? And honestly, the, the literal quote was with regard to a Taliban takeover. Uh, this is not the sort of thing that can happen over the course of Friday to Sunday. And that is literally what happened. So it was between Friday and Sunday that everyone okay. on the U in the US, aside from right. the very, 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 very essential diplomatic personnel, are just they just ski daddled.
0: Wow. Wow. And so now I'm seeing photos of planes taking off and people holding on to, to the plane to try to escape. I um, was told that there are that the, the Taliban is literally walking people through the streets with nooses around their neck and so forth. And it's a horrible, horrible situation, like horrendous. And so even in that group thread, I was trying to say, like, OK, Maurice, you know, your thoughts. You don't want to offend anybody in this group thread because we're you know, we're trying to be compassionate people, so forth. There is a right and wrong and wrong way to withdraw troops. I 100% believe that. Even though I don't believe we should be over there in the first place. There's 100% a right and wrong and wrong I can't say wrong today. There's a right and wrong way to withdraw troops. And evidently again, I don't sit in any of these meetings with the commander in chief.
1: Neither does anyone staff. else based on the photo. <laughs>
0: I don't I don't know these generals. I do not know what plans have been put into place, but it looks like this has been utterly botched. I will say when when you when you train the Afghani army to do certain things and that's not how they operate within their army, this is the result that you get because we are placing American expectations on an Afghanistan army and the two do not correlate. And it just shows that you can't pick up one situation and try to train people the same way in another country and for things to work out that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's, And I think this was a point that you made a few episodes back. We were talking about this in a different context, but you pointed out, and I think it's very relevant here that we are trying to import American institutions into in, into a society, into a civic area that is not structured according to a nation state paradigm. So you can have, in theory, a liberalized Uh, a liberalized group of city-states, which is essentially how you can think of a lot of Middle Eastern territories. That there are city-states, sort of like Renaissance Italy, if you like, um, that there's a common sort of sense of being but there isn't a really coherent political project there Mm. isn't a really coherent and consistent political self-concept and there's a lot of infighting such that the term civil war sometimes doesn't even sound like the right Term because right. there isn't as much unity to begin with. That's not an insult. That's not, that's a different way of thinking about the state. So right. you can have liberal democratic city states. But what we tried to do initially in the project of nation building was to go in there and say, here, have a liberal republican democratic nation state framework. And it didn't work. Right. Uh, this is a testament to this sort of enlightenment hubris where we think that the only way to do democracy is nation-state democracy. Right. It's a valid way to do it. But my dude Machiavelli <laughs> says something. <laughs> You've got to bring him in because I've been, you know, I a lot. Uh, you know, he says that if you are trying to institute a, a new way of doing things. You have to retain at least a shadow of the ink, of, of the modes that were already there. And when mm-hmm. we came in there, we did not do that. That's why this project was doomed from the start even if you thought it was in theory, a good idea. You make an excellent point too about fighting where you, you tell people, that okay we're we're going to help you we're going to help you build a military and here's how you fight but all the way they're kind of holding your hand yeah. and you have there there's a lot of i think it's pretty ugly rhetoric going on and and Biden echoed this basically blaming the uh, the afghani people for not being willing to fight back I don't think that's what's going on. Just because you're losing doesn't mean you're not fighting back. That's like somebody pinning me down and beating me up. So, well, why aren't you, why don't you want, you must not want to not be hurt that badly. Right. Um, when you have, when, when you've got a kid and you're trying to teach them to ride a bike and you're, you know, you're there and you've got your hand on their seat and then you just let go Without any, w- without a lot of warning, without a lot of preparation, and just mm-hmm. dip set, it doesn't go well, and they crash, right. and you don't tell them. Right. You, you must not have wanted to learn to ride a bike that
0: hard. And it's it's uh it's it's one of those things of it's, I I'll take that and just take it a step further. Your analogy, it's almost like you're trying to keep teach a kid to ride a bike and the kid never wanted to ride the bike or they the,
1: or they did because right. there were people who helped out right. but yeah, yeah for
0: sure there, there, there were but but you get a lot of people a, a lot of people who were in this who were in the afghan army who they're like this is not my my war to fight like they will they will think in the process of okay the first chance that i get out of here then then the first the first opportunity that I have to get out of here, I'm going to take those steps. And you see some people doing that. It's they're under. I, I think a lot of times we in America think we we're not propagandized like other countries are. And it's so when even when my even when my sister was sending me those messages, Like the pictures and stuff, I'm like, okay, like, where are we getting these photos from? And I'm not doubting the photos, but but my first question was, is this happening in one central location or is this everywhere? If this is everywhere, I want to see photos from everywhere because I want to make sure that this is the actual picture that is that the picture that is being portrayed is one that is true, as opposed to. You know, you, as opposed to you having one area that's actually being overrun, but the entire country is, st- is still up and running now. Granted, I mean, I I wasn't I, I was not sitting there saying like, oh, that these pictures are false or, mm-hmm. or that this situation is is being overblown because I don't think it is like the, the more I look into. It, I'm like, OK, this is happening in multiple cities across the entire country. And so like, I get that, which is why I like like I, I, I say, like this is botched, but you see like. Like I, I read an article and it was talking about how the Afghani army was being paid off by the Taliban. So you had people who were they knew the U.S. was going to withdraw troops. And so you had people who were saying like, oh, yeah, like, OK, cool. Yeah, we'll fight. We'll do all these things. And then the Taliban is coming in and giving them money hand over foot to do whatever they need to do and protection for their family. And they said, OK, cool. Have whatever I have. Have whatever the the, the U.S. Army gave me. And then they turn around and this is what you get, and you do have others who who are wanting to fight and and wanting to 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 stand up, but when you're outnumbered like that it's kind of it's it's kind of difficult to do so
1: yeah yeah i I think this brings up an interesting question because i've been I've been thinking about this i've seen i think most of the people whom I respect have had, ver- have had nuanced takes, as you've articulated, like there's a right way and a wrong way to withdraw from a country. But I think there is a certain contingent of particularly libertarians, and I am a libertarian, but <laughs> that has a myopic understanding of the non-aggression principle. Mm-hmm. which basically says well we had no right to be in there anyhow this is not our war so we're we're going to leave we were aggressing against them and we shouldn't be aggressing against the people that we're sending overseas and making them making them die uh, mm. i i mean i agree with that as a general concept the problem is that and you can tell me what you think of this you'd have to ask yourself, well, okay, is it not a violation of the non-aggression principle to go into a country and then to, to have, to, to, to create through your presence there, sort of mounting tensions from outside that country or from within that country, we're talking about the Taliban now, and then to very abruptly pull out not secure, safe passage for the people whom you asked to help you and whom you asked to support you, and to have them falling to their deaths while clinging on the wing of an airplane. It is that is they're not an obligation, according to the non-aggression principle, to secure safe passage out of the country for people whom you had supporting you in a in a tenuous. International men- mission.
0: Oh, I, I I completely agree. I would let me play devil's advocate. Sure, today. please. Because if if you think of it that way, you could think you would think. Okay, I know our presence here. When we leave, all chaos is going to break out. And so, if you think like that, then then the people who were you you were. You're pretty much admitting that what we did here was what was 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 of no value to anybody in this area. So we're leaving after 20 years. Hey, we're going to give everybody who doesn't want to be here for, you know, s- safe passage to wherever provide you provide you protection to, to get to a certain place that I, I, for, in my opinion, that's you admitting defeat. And I don't think America would ever do that. Now, I'm not saying that I disagree with you because I wholeheartedly like everybody knew that what was going to happen when when the U.S. pulled out like like that is you do not have to be a rocket scientist to to figure those out. You don't have to be a, a five star general, four star general, whatever. You don't have to be the president of the United States to know, hey, when we withdraw our presence from Afghanistan. It's it. It's going to be a show. It is because, I mean, it's one when you. When you went over there, you're the reason why all this happened in the first place. You caused this and I'm not an I'm not a blame America first type of guy. I'm really not. I'm just speaking, speaking for I'm speaking on the facts. If we went over there because of Al Qaeda and we 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 handled that business over there. But now it's the Taliban that is doing things. So where did the Taliban come from? It, it's 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 all of these things that your presence there has made these people grow stronger. It is giving them the fervor that they need to continue to move forward. It is it's it's this idea, this concept of the strong art the, the stronger arm you use, the more resistance you're going to meet. And go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say, although I, well, I'm, I'm not although the biden administration handed the taliban their latest recruitment video with yes, with the way that with the way they handled this pullout i mean this is yeah. americans do not care about you they never cared about you look they're willing to let you die um yep. and, and it's 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 very radicalizing i agree i you know it, it's it's funny because i don't know what what biden thought my guess is Because we know now that his generals all along the way were telling him, this is a mistake. This is not a good idea. You have to handle this differently. And Mm -hmm. yes, granted generals say that because their job, right? Their job is to, is to have something to consult over. Exactly. But in this case, there was unanimous agreement. All the data were pointing to the fact that look, we've we've done incredible things but we are keeping that we are keeping that that finger in in the dike we're keeping mm. that that water from bursting through we take that out there's going to be a flood and, exactly. and what we've created will will completely collapse now it seems to me that what joe biden really wanted was to be able to look into the camera on the 20th anniversary of September 11th and say and we have completed our mission in Afghanistan and all the troops are gone. Mm. I think the the determination to to do that was blinding for him. Mm. Um and and i mean you you saw this w- with the trump photo op with the bible cleano you know, gassing the protesters so he could have his photo op and i think this is this is a much more severe version of of that photo op right. uh it's you know it, it is disgusting when when you think about it that way and especially when you when you talk about um it, there's there's so much deflecting blame i don't think either of us are going to sit here and say that Donald Trump was blameless in any of this. Like he perpetuated no, a bunch of bad policies. Barack Obama exactly. perpetuated a bunch of bad policies. George W. Bush had a bunch of bad. No one is saying that this is entirely Biden's problem, exactly. and yet he's the president. There is there is no reason that he could. Not have said, "Well, I inherited this deal from Trump, but I'm going to change that deal. You know why? because that's exactly what he's doing with the Paris Accord. That's exactly what he's doing with the Iran nuclear deal. That's exactly what he's doing with just about everything else. So don't tell me that you're hamstrung just because well, the other guy left it this way, and so right. I just have to do what he was going to do anyhow
0: exactly and it's 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 one of the things of nobody nobody accepts responsibility. And nobody knows where to place the blame and until which we will unless we have some smart, intelligent person be elected to the presidency, which is highly improbable. And by by smart and intelligent, I don't mean well-spoken and is a puppet. Mm -hmm. And and I am not saying that that's. That the presidents have been stupid. I, th- I think they've been they've been smart in how they've marketed themselves. They've been smart in how they've handled themselves and so forth. But what I'm what I mean by when I say smart and intelligent people who actually care and people who know how to deal with things, they will take the blame and say, you know what? This is on me and no more on my watch. Will we do this? And they will be honest with everybody and say, here is what we can do moving forward. That is what I feel like the role of the presidency should be if it exists. It's like, okay, here we go. Let's move forward. Now, conspiracy theory, I got my conspiracy hat on. Okay. I firmly believe because now now you have all the anti-war conservatives talking about "We we still need presence there. We still need to be there. So here is what I think is going to happen. You're going you now have given the U.S. military a reason to go back into Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. You have now given them the the ability to say, hey, look, there is utter chaos there. Well, what about these families? What about these women and children? You know, we want to make sure that they're taken care of. We want to make sure that 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 there is actually stability within the land, because evidently we were there for 20 years and we didn't do a good enough job under a new administration we will do a better job of making sure we have we have things set in order to win. when when we leave when we leave mm-hmm. quote unquote like cuz you never will i mean we haven't i mean 2001 was not the first time we were in afghanistan let's be real so when we leave we will make sure that it's stable and that there is room for for this democracy to rise as it should we have they now have another reason to do that and so i can we'll see how long this lasts i give it maybe a few months or so and and then then something'll happen another excuse that i hear is is oh well um we've we've been stopping terrorist attacks for the past 20 years so we need to go back and make sure that we don't have any more terrorist attacks and i'm sitting there thinking what terrorist attacks did you stop
1: well in fairness, we don't, we don't know. Cause you can't prove a counterfactual, but at the same time, uh, what were you going to say something? Were you going to finish? Well, I was going to
0: say you didn't stop the, 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 Orlando shooting, which was done strictly out of that. We didn't stop San Bernardino, which, w- w- which were literally terrorist attacks. One of which people knew about mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. nobody said anything. So like, it's like, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You, know, you 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 can't argue. Well, did anything happen? Well, no. I mean, so it's it's. I mean, it's, it's 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 the logic that that is that that is non-existent. Right. So I I get that stance or whatnot, and you can't really defeat that argument. Well, we were there for 20 years, and you know, what terrorist attacks? You know, we didn't we stopped all these terrorist attacks. Right. Right. And so, like, I I get that, but man, I mean, that's going to be an excuse for everything, and then. I've, I've i've um somebody countered with the other day like well before 9 11 we didn't have a whole lot of terrorist attacks so what what are what are we saying here we didn't have a big presence in afghanistan so it's 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 one of those things of we are not we will now find and I, by we i mean the united states i don't mean we as in maurice and amanda but we will we will now find any other reason to go back into afghanistan and to put the foot down again, and to make sure we have another war to protect whatever it is that we're protecting over there, and to—I'm not going to say line the pockets of certain people, but I mean, heck, I, on a lighter note, here's what I—here's what I will say: I wish the government would turn over, would just re- relinquish some firearms to me that I could use in my own use. I, because heck, if you're getting them to the Taliban, why not give them to the American citizens as well? You know, there you go.
1: I, I think it is prescient uh, what what you what you said about how this this is now fodder for neocons, and I, I will agree. Uh, something that I've heard uh, people say is, "Oh well, now this was the only thing standing between uh, the U.S. and another terror attack." I'm like, "Bruh, no, it wasn't." You know, I <laughs> I'm sorry, it wasn't. And and now you have all this fear mongering going on from From the right, because the right's got to get it. It's got to get in on the action. The left has just been having a field day. They have all the good fear mongering. They have the fear porn about the COVID. They have the fear porn about all all the things. So now the right's got to get in on the action. And they're saying, "Well, exactly. we're going to have another nine That It's that is irresponsible rhetoric. Now you can talk about the risk assessment. You can talk about various. You know, you, you can talk about threats. You can talk about data and and likelihood, but just to say something like, well, because we left, we're gonna have another 9-11. Really? First of all, unfortunately, the Taliban has its hands full over there right now. Exactly. And secondly, they were not the biggest threat to us anyhow. I'm much more worried about China and I'm much more worried about Russia and the and I'm worried about North Korea, incidentally. I'm worried about Iran, but I'm worried about a lot of that from the standpoint of A allies in the region. And B, I'm worried about that from the standpoint of cyber, not necessarily another plane flying in, uh, into right. a building. So it's it's irresponsible language uh, that it, it really is. I'm not enjoying seeing that coming. No, um, not at all. But it does bring up the question, you know, that another more reasonable argument that I've heard from people on the right is that Yes, we had military bases in Afghanistan, but we didn't have a large surplus of troops there, actually. And we have military bases in so many countries where you would not expect the U.S. to have military bases. This is something that libertarians point to and say, yes, and this is an example of the failure of the of the military apparatus. You have mm. conservatives pointing to that and saying, this is how we are keeping a lot of countries from falling under under, you know, this is how we're maintaining a presence without actually firing a shot because the U S is not the only major player on the world stage. You do have China and Russia. And, and even now they are, you know, they're helping out, uh, hostile actors for the U S in the middle East. Um, so it, it raises the question of what are the right reasons and the wrong reasons, if there are any right reasons to have a consistent military base set up in multiple areas.
0: And so, so to that, if, if people, people respond, well, we have, you know, we have military bases here, there, and everywhere. Those also aren't hostile environments. Mm-hmm. They're not, they are not, I'm not saying Afghanistan is a complete war zone, but you don't hear of anybody being shot in South Korea because of an IED or things of that nature. Mm -hmm. You don't hear people being, you know, um, you know, people dying in Germany, you know, being in in Frankfurt or whatever because of these situations You where all the most other places, I'm not going to say all, most other places in which, we have army bases are not hostile, hostile environments. And Afghanistan is. So what that tells me is that whatever we've been trying to subdue is by, is at no means been subdued. This is the longest war that we have been in from start to finish. This, this war has taken, has, has, has taken longer than is more than half of my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so, and we could argue that if somebody were to say something like, oh, well, you know, we've got all these bases ar- ar- around the world and all of that started after World War Two. And so and we see that because because of all of these treaties and so forth that the U.S. got in and we've been promising um, we promised military protection for this country and this country and this country and this country and this country. And this country. If we're. Uh, I I will give you that as libertarian, even though I don't think we should be in those places, I will give you that like, OK, uh, we don't have a treaty with Afghanistan mm-hmm. saying like, hey, will you allow us to occupy your territory or we'll do it by force? And and so I can. I can I can see that argument, but only if Afghanistan was was not as hostile as it was, because if because we're still losing, you know, troops every single year. In this country, like it's it's I, I, I wouldn't compare it to, to the other places that we have that, that that we have bases. And mainly because the other places that we have bases, people are stationed there and they bring their families there. Yeah. Nobody's being stationed in Afghanistan. They're being deployed to Afghanistan. And that is very, very, very different. Coming from my my dad was in the army for about 20 years. So I know the difference between deployment and stationed. You get stationed somewhere, you're there for two, three, four years. You're doing training there. You're doing all kinds of things. When you're there, when, when you're in deployment, you're you're there for six months. You come back for two weeks of r and you go back out there for another six months. You come back for another two weeks of r depending on how long your deployments are. And, the, and your, your de- deployments are, they can be from six to nine months. And so you're out there for nine months out there you're not with your family you you're, you're you you're with your the people who are in your in in your division that, that that are in your brigade or wherever however you deploy and that's it there's there's nothing else and so if if we could talk about it from the other sense of, be, of being stationed there in non-hostile areas then okay we that for me that's a completely different conversation but for for us to have a presence there in hostile territory for 20 years, that's where I'm like, okay, we, we've got to do something. We've got to do it the right way, which is was not done in the right way. But we also have to make sure that, okay, 20 years, this is a fail. This is failed. This is, it didn't happen in Vietnam. Like same process. They, we cannot win award that the people who are over there do not want to be a part of for for, for the most part. If 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 their government is going to run them the the way that they are and we can't overcome that like we need to try different wa- different ways to do that and in my opinion i mean trade is the best way to get rid of all this it, it, it's, it's to get r- rid, of, rid of a lot of this hostility i'm a, i will not i don't like using blanket statements and say it'll get rid of all but it could be a cure for a lot of things if you're able to trade with different countries and you and you stop putting the um, what are they called? The like the embargoes and stuff you're on the like.
1: sanctions, economic sanctions, or are you talking about exactly? Terrorism?
0: Okay, uh, s- sanctions, all of it. Okay, <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> it. But but when you start putting sanctions on countries and and hey, nobody can trade with them or whatnot, it makes them more hostile. It 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 does these things. So and again, I'm not trying to blame the U.S. I'm just prov- I'm just trying to give them ideas to say, hey, maybe if you tried to do this a bit more civilly, and a bit more um, as as Americans, i use democratically, and have conversations with them, as opposed to going up and blowing up their their blowing up their buildings, then maybe people will be a bit uh, people will, will resp- respond to you uh, in a in a a more polite manner. I'm not saying that all will, but. That's my two cents.
1: Yeah, I I guess a couple of points that I have on that. I think the first thing is, and I, I can't know for sure, uh, but it does seem as though there were a lot of Afghani people. There were a lot of civilians who were kind of digging the whole, oh, women can go to school kind of thing. Um, right. there, there, there were a lot of people who were benefiting from liberalization. I've critiqued the way that liberalization was. They tried to institute it really we're seeing the pushback coming from the Taliban who are a minority but they are a strong minority. Right. And what what is difficult about and I'm I, I know I, I'm not strawmanning you here because you said that trade won't solve everything. But mm. what's what's difficult about the the paradigm of, of trade being wonderful, which of course it is is that when you have a theocracy that is absolutely dedicated to the destruction of the West, um, even to the point of, you know, rational action for a, a a theocratic jihadist regime is not the same thing as rational action for a liberal democratic regime. So there is a, a reluctance and an unwillingness to even to trade with infidels because that's, it's, it's grotesque. It's, it's anathema to, to your, to your theological premises. Um, That is one of the complicating factors. And it's, it's one of the things that, that makes the situation so, so difficult. I agree in general, trade is fantastic. And, and when you have any country who's willing to do that, then absolutely open open up those open up those you know the, those co- channels of commerce when you have a regime which is different from the people on the ground when you have right. a regime that is clamping down on on trade capacity that's when things get tighter and you have to try and find a way if you're going to be involved you need to try try to find a way to make sure that the people has, eco- you know, ha- have some economic uh, means while the government is still not able to benefit from tyrannizing its
0: people. Right. And and I, I'm I I don't and I, I'm not saying you, you were a strong man in my argument or what. And right. I don't want people to think that I think trade is the end all be all right, to, right. to peace in the world because because it's not it's not. I mean, I mean, as. As you stated, there are just people who who want to see you fail and want to see you die like that. I mean, so is life, you know. So um, and I'm not saying that to gloss over that and so forth. Um, There are times where you need to meet force with force. I'm a firm believer in that that there, there. If if somebody wants me dead and it's either me or them, it's them like i am I'm, I'm a firm believer a a firm believer in those things i just it, it's and th- i feel i don't want people to th- to think that i am heartless and that i right. don't feel for the people who were over there struggling cuz i my heart breaks for them like it does um i i i want them to be able to live like we do in america i do i As much as I clown on America and and think America has a has a lot of its faults, which it does, I do think it's one of the greatest countries to live in in the entire world. Um, And I I don't think I do not think that's up for debate. I don't think that's up for debate. Um, I mean, I know we don't talk about COVID, and we haven't talked about COVID this episode or whatnot. But stuff that's happening in Australia and New Zealand—they're literally under a police state—and people say Australia is better. Like, no. They literally have police coming door to door to make sure that you were doing what you're supposed to be doing under this stuff, and it's like I'm grateful we don't have that in America. I would never that I would never wish that on somebody.
1: I heard they have started building what are called COVID camps, and I the the thing is, okay, one the name the name for one of them was the one that made me just like shriek. Um, I want to see if I can find. Okay, yes. So this it's called um, something the Melbourne's Center for National Resilience is the name of one of their covid camps. Wow. Okay. So that's not a good name for no, it's not. for your covid ca- wait a couple centuries before you do anything like that, please. Yes. Uh, it's that it's it's terrifying. But t- to your points, so you were talking about COVID. I do think it's interesting. This shows you sort of what the um, what the motives of the media are. Mm-hmm. This is for the past weekend. I haven't heard much about COVID either. There, I mean, mm. I haven't heard much new, and. Now, suddenly, you're seeing even fairly left-leaning outlets taking a skeptical eye toward the evacuation of Afghanistan. And I think what they've done is they found something that is grabbing the public's attention more than just the standard recycled fear-mongering about this variant, that variant, your mother's variant, that they'd been relying on for the past several months. So it's going to be interesting to see how they're, they're thinking, oh, well, if if we play up fear about this, if we play up pathos about this, then maybe we'll even get more viewers than we've been getting about the COVID stuff.
0: Right. Definitely. And, And so I, I think America is great and I would love for everybody to live like America. I really would. Which is why I push the principles that I push, um, and but but I get that not everybody is going to get that, and that and that is sad for me. That, that that is sad for me seeing people cling to to American ideas as far as everybody going to school, not just the men. Um, as far as women being actually treated as equals in a sense of 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 what they do within their, within their, um, religious ideology, like Mm -hmm. I, all of those things, that's fine. And I want that. And when you have people who are who are trying to tear that away from everybody, I get why people say like, we need to come in and we've got to do something. We've got to do something. We got to do something. And that's fine. But at some point we, we have to teach them how to fish. We, we can't just fish for them and provide them this great and cozy life, and then when you up and leave, the life turns to mess because you didn't teach them properly, and that is what America should have been doing for twenty years, and not teaching. And I'm not saying teach them the American way; it's teach them in a way that that they can feel some ownership in it, to where it's them making the decisions. One of the biggest things that that I've learned throughout my entire life is. When you make a decision for a team, you make it seem like that team is the one who made the decision, as opposed to you. Because mm-hmm. if you're the one making the decision, the, the the decision, and they follow along with you, if you if you, if you're no longer the leader, they go do something else. But if you make them feel like they had some thought process in it, like like they they actually had a choice, and that and and that they chose to do this because this was the best option for them and they feel empowered by it. If you leave that, that, that idea, whatever they're chasing, they still move forward. In that. And that's where I truly and honestly believe America failed in Afghanistan. They didn't, they were, they, they tried to make Afghanistan America as opposed to making Afghanistan a better Afghanistan Yeah, in that sense
1: it's it's nation state versus city state and if we had just gone in there i mean since we were going to go in there right let's assume <laughs> we're in there if if we then started to attend to erecting democratic institutions if that was the people's will within a city state paradigm and that still honored theocracy which what it's is a very very strong thing over there it's not it's yeah. not ours to say no you can't have political theology um, right If there had been just less hubris from everyone, uh, just at every step of this process, so much could have been avoided. And I will say again that the U.S. absolutely has duty per the conditions of the non-aggression principle to get as many people out who need to get out and who want to get out as possible right now.
0: They do. They do. They do. Well, folks, um, that brings us to the end. Thank you, guys, so much for listening uh, to this podcast. This was definitely I thought was going to be a shorter episode, but <laughs> we came Never right is. in pretty close to an hour. So um, it, it it just it it just shows the 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 d- desire to have dialogue and desire to to be able to to bounce each other. Bounce ideas off of each other, and there are times where Amanda and I don't necessarily see eye to eye on everything, and that's completely one hundred percent fine. I'm not breaking her down; she's not breaking me down. No, I think it's not cussing each other out. (laughs) It it definitely makes it fun. Definitely (laughs) makes it fun, especially when when we and when 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 we talk about things like war, because me being the and cap, and and her being the 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 menarchist, and so forth. Like that may be where we actually start to pull away, but when when we have these discussions we actually agree on a lot more than i'm like oh okay like like, yeah okay that's a good point all right bet we can make that work so um but again we thank you guys for listening please 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 subscribe to the podcast on apple on apple podcast follow us on spotify wherever you get your podcast please 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 download listen um we we are here because we enjoy talking about these things, and if other people want to enjoy it and want to listen to us talk about it, all the all the better. Follow us on social media. We are going to be on another podcast sometime in the up coming few weeks or a month or so. We were supposed to be on it this past week, but we had a scheduling issue because somebody told me I had to do something for work last minute, and then I had, we had to cancel. So didn't run um, away
1: and uh, exa-
0: go without a quorum. Exactly. No, no, it didn't. I didn't. There, there was a, there was no, there was no like, Hey, I'm scared. Uh, Maurice, you're not going to be on it. So I'm running away <laughs> and we're not 40 days without a quote. Right. No, Hopefully that's yeah. tomorrow. But so we are going to be on another podcast. As soon as we get it, as soon as we get a date solidified on that, we will let you all know. Exactly. The, the When that podcast will be airing and we'll give you the name of, of the podcast. He's a guy who I've been actually been listening to for roughly the past year or so. And it's been cool because I've interacted with him a lot on Instagram. And in the very beginning, he was very middle of the road. Like, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. But we would get back and forth and have a conversations. And I've seen him grow closer and closer and closer to a libertarian. Um, it's him. been literally i remember i remember we had one conversation because he posted something about terrorism and he's like yeah we'll kill all the terrorists blah 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 and then and so and i made a comment he goes so you're a blame america first and i said no but i'm saying that america's hands are not clean in this and since then i, I gave him like like hey check out these check out this website check out this one here are articles check out this book check out this book and he's been like oh and i'm not like, he's not done a complete 180 but it, his views on this whole Afghanistan thing are completely different than what they would have been three months ago. So it's, it's cool to see some, um, some type of evolution mm-hmm. within him. And he, he's definitely a guy who, who, who is willing to listen. Um, and that's the whole point of his podcast. So we'll be on there um, here in the up and coming weeks. He wants to d- discuss um, and caps and men caps, and, <laughs> men caps. And, 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 and figure out why, why we, why we believe the way that we believe. So, um, uh, um, we're looking forward to that. Again, uh, everything that we do um, is because is because of you all. We enjoy talking about this. Please leave us a rating and review five stars because we know we are worth it 100 percent. And I promise you guys, if you guys do all of that, we'll be back again next week for another episode of Civil Discord. Until then, y'all bees,
1: stay fierce.